This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, October 12th, 2014. Opposites distract religion versus relationship. So this month we're looking at distractions, how sometimes opposites distract. Last week we considered uh, about being careful not to allow our fear to distract us from our faith. Today we're going to focus on religion and not allowing it to distract us from our relationships. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day where we get to hang out with you and with one another. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning, for bringing us here. It's no accident that any one of us are here. I would ask that you would, by your Holy Spirit, open up our hearts so that we might hear your message that is intended for each one of us wherever we're at along the journey. So we thank you and praise you this day in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, Amen. 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 Religion. The definition of religion is on the screen, an organized system of beliefs and teachings, of rules, regulations, and rituals used in the worship of a god or a group of gods. Now, according to the World Christian Encyclopedia, there are 19 major world religions, and they're subdivided into 270 large religious groups, and many smaller ones. For us, our religion is Christianity. Christianity, it's called that because our one God had a son named Jesus. Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah. Jesus was a Jew, and so in the beginning, the earliest Christians were Jews who believed that Jesus was the Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Over the years, various groups of people have interpreted what this means, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a Christ follower in a variety of ways. Thus, there are various denominations and understandings of Christianity. According to the World Christian Encyclopedia, there are over 34,000 separate Christian groups. Over half of them are independent churches, those churches who choose to not be connected with one of the large denominations. Now for us, we are part of the United Methodist Church denomination, and as such, we basically follow the Methodist beliefs teachings, rules, regulations. Now, not all of us totally agree on everything, but that is true. Anytime, you know, a couple people are together in a room. And so, you know, basically we do agree on the way that we are organized as United mm, Methodists. So the reason for all the different denominations all the different uh, Christian groups, is that each one has a little bit different understanding of the scriptures, interpretation, a little, little bit way of teaching scriptures, a little bit different 
set of rules or regulations and rituals that they follow uh, as part of how they express their worship of God. Some of the, the biggest things that have separated us um, over the, uh, over the last, well, 2,000 years have been things like uh, how, we, how we do baptism or how we share Holy Communion, um, the division of, of, of power in the church, uh, like between clergy and the uh, people out there, or the laity is the word they use for that, um, uh, or the requirements for being in spiritual leadership or to be clergy in a particular congregation. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of disagreement or various ways of looking at uh, the general rules for running the organization of the local church and the larger church organization. Uh, you know, over the years, questions concerning uh, race and uh, who, who's allowed in the church or whether women can be in clergy positions. Here recently, uh, questions about those who are gay, lesbian, and transgender and uh, how the church uh, is going to include those uh, persons in various aspects of church life. So throughout the years, these and many, many other challenges have been and continue to be um, uh, tough questions that, that the church wrestles with and will continue to wrestle with because, you know, like Carrie said, anytime we have more than one person, there's not always going to see things exactly the same way. And so the church over the years, past, present, and future, wrestles with some really important challenges. Rules, regulations, and rituals, they are important. Even independent churches, the churches that stand alone and do things their way, even those churches have rules, rituals, and regulations. They must. Otherwise, there's chaos. Uh, even if there's four people in your house and you have a house church, you have to agree on <laughs> where to meet, when to meet, what you're going, the reason why you're meeting, the beliefs, you know, what's taught, the focus. And so religion, beliefs, teachings, rules, regulations, rituals, it's not a bad thing, contrary to what some people might want to argue. In fact, a lot of that is necessary. Our challenge with religion is when we get to a point where we start worshiping the rules, regulations, and rituals more than we worship the God <laughs> that that religion is supposed to be focused on. When I hear a, an amen on that. Oh, do I get an amen? Okay. Okay. When we get to a point where the religion becomes more than the relationship, relationship with one another, and even more importantly, relationship with the Holy One. It's, it's a challenge because rules, regulations, and rituals don't save us. Amen? Amen? They don't save us, they can't save us, they won't save us. Only a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ will save us. Amen? Amen. It's like the old saying goes, um, uh, Going to church, sitting in a pew, doesn't make you any more of a Christian than going out and standing in your garage makes you a car. <laughs> it's about the relationship, not about the rules, regs, and rituals. 
So that's true today, and it was true back in Jesus' time as well. In fact, one of Jesus' biggest challenge, and probably the biggest challenge that he had with the establishment, was dealing with religious leaders of his time. There's a story in the Bible, it's found in Mark chapter 3, that really illustrates what we're talking about now. In this particular story, we're using a paraphrase of scripture. It comes from the message. Then he, Jesus, went back to the meeting place, the synagogue, where he found a man with a crippled hand. The Pharisees had their eyes on Jesus to see if he would heal him, hoping to catch him in a Sabbath infraction. Wow. He said to the man with the crippled hand, stand here where we can see you. Then he, Jesus, spoke to the people. What kind of action suits the Sabbath best? Doing good or doing evil? Helping people or leaving them helpless? No one said a word. He looked them in the eye, one after another, angry now, furious at their what? Hard-nosed religion. He said to the man, hold out your hand. He held it out. It was as good as new. The Pharisees got out as fast as they could, sputtering about how they would join forces with Herod's followers and ruin him. Okay, so Sabbath. You know, way back when uh, Moses went up the mountain and got the Ten Commandments from God, one of those commandments called for a Sabbath, a day set apart to be kept holy. And, you know, the Ten Commandments, if you break them, that's a sin. So it's, it, it's, it's sinful not to keep Sabbath, according to the Ten Commandments. Um, uh, and so it was supposed to be kept holy. It was not supposed to any work to be done on that day. So over time, years and years and years, the Sabbath rules then became very, very complicated as the leaders attempted to interpret and reinterpret the meaning of work so as to how it would apply to Sabbath so that we could basically because people always try to get around the rules and regs, so you have to constantly redefine to make sure everybody knows exactly what it is. So by the time we get to Jesus, the Sabbath rules are overwhelming and seem somewhat ridiculous. According to uh, Bible scholar William Barclay, uh, we read and learned that medical attention could be given on Sabbath, but only if the person's life was in danger. For example, a woman in childbirth might get help on the Sabbath, an infection in the throat might be treated, but if a wall fell on someone, they would look at the person laying under the wall. If they were alive, they could help him. If they were dead, they would leave him there until the next day. <laughs> a fracture could be attended to, a cut finger could get a bandage, but it couldn't have ointment put on it. An injury was treated against getting worse, but you were not supposed to make it better. <laughs> you see, it was one rule after another rule after another rule, and after a while, there's so many that you don't even know what to do. And so in our story today, we have a man there in the um, synagogue with a crippled hand. Now, he's not in danger of dying or anything, right? I mean, he's going to have a cripple tomorrow just like today. 
He wasn't going to be any worse off physically if Jesus doesn't do something. On the other hand, though, one of the commentaries I read was kind of interesting. Chances are very good this guy worked with his hands, because most people did in those days. And, and so um, if he did work with his hands, then, then this withered hand had much more greater significance than we think, because that's his whole livelihood. Uh, I'm being able to use that. Either way, the religious leaders are trying to catch Jesus breaking Sabbath rules because he's done it before. (laughs) And see, for them, it's all about the rules. If it's all about the rules for you, then breaking the rules means they're breaking what you do, what you find important. And so they're tired of Jesus messing with the rules, messing with the system, messing with what's important to them. On the other hand, Jesus is trying to make a point to the religious leaders. He's trying to get them to realize a much deeper spiritual truth here. He's trying to get them to see that religion, he's not saying don't have rules, but he's saying it can't merely be about rules and regs and rituals. He's trying to get them to see that it's, that the point of all that is the relationship. The relationship with each other, and even more than that, important than that, the relationship we have with God. So you can imagine the scene, you know, people are there, they're watching Jesus, you know, just waiting to see what he's going to do next, and Jesus asks a couple of questions. What kind of action suits the Sabbath best? Doing good or doing evil? Helping people or leaving them helpless? So what could they possibly say to that? Oh, evil, (laughs) helpless. Well, of course not. But to say that it was good or to help people would justify what Jesus was going to do. And they couldn't do that because their goal was to take Jesus down because he was countercultural to what was going on, to the rules, to the regulations. He didn't follow the system always, always. I mean, he did, but he didn't. And they were part of the system. So they sat there quiet. No one said a word. Hmm. I love the next part, the way Eugene Peterson translates this next part. He looked them in the eye one after another, again furious. Say it with me. Furious at their hard-nosed religion. You see? Hard-nosed religion. He said to, him, hold it. I said to the guy, hold out your hand. Held it out. <laughs> Good as new. Pharisees got out as fast as they could, sputtering about how they would join forces with Herod. That's King Herod, who was actually a Jew, but he kind of, he was appointed to oversee things on behalf of the government, and they wanted to join with him to ruin, and it says ruin, but actually they're plotting, starting to plot now to take Jesus down to literally to kill him, to kill him. Hard, say it with me, hard-nosed religion. Now, as we said earlier, there really isn't anything wrong with religion. It's a necessary thing. Rules, regulations help with order. Jesus himself was a religious person. He followed what was going on in the synagogue. In fact, there was one time we read when he was teaching, and he read, uh, he shared Psalm 61 on the Sabbath. He was very familiar with religious customs, and he regularly participated in them. The Holy Communion that we shared last week together uh, came from Jesus when he gave new meaning 
to an old Jewish custom. It was called the Passover meal. And he and his followers had taken part. They had taken part in this Passover meal every single year of their life. It was very important. The challenge came when religion got in the way, when it hindered, when it blocked a person's relationship with God and with one another. The, the rules, regs, and rituals, they were intended to help us, not hurt us. Intended to encourage our focus on God, not to get in the way of it. There was one time when a teacher of the religious law asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was. Now, Jesus didn't just go pick out the top ten commandments and quote, quote it. What he did was summarize the first four commandments using a passage from the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy. And here's what Jesus said. In fact, say it with me. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And then he followed that up by quoting a text from Leviticus. Let's say that together. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Mm. And I'm just looking. That shall, that's an important word. It's mm. not an option there. Mm -hmm. You shall love your neighbor mm -hmm. as yourself. You know, when we look at the Ten Commandments, for the most part, they're structured telling us what not to do. I think the one uh, 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 about one of the God, their first four have to do with our relationship with God. And, you know, some, you shall, shall not have any other gods before me. One of those is kind of a positive in our relationship with God. But basically, I think the other nine tell us what not to do. First four uh, in our relationship with God. The other six, our relationship with one another. Um, and that, that you shall not do this, this, and this, you know, it guides us, it constrains us, it controls us. And we need some constraint. We need some control. Let's face it, you know. But here's the challenge with those kinds of rules, the, the not-to-dos. We always try to figure a way around it. <laughs> Amen? I mean, as soon as you're told you can't do this, you're kind of, okay, let's define what this is because I want to know exactly how close to that line I can get. Is it just me here? <laughs> and we're very good at that, slicing that hair very closely as to what because we don't want to break the rule, but boy, we want to push it right to the edge, don't we? Push it right to the edge. And that's the problem with the thou shalt not. We try to figure a way around, a loophole, a spot in the fence to break, so to speak. And you know, uh, like today, uh, tax laws. <laughs> All right, what, what do they really mean by income? Is, uh, right? Are we? Because oh, you don't want to pay more than you should. Or... The laws that tell us how fast we're supposed to go on the highway. <laughs> Do they really mean 50? I heard that it's 55 plus 9. <laughs> not 10, but there's a, not like it's an invisible ink on the sign, plus 9. <laughs> Some, something like that, right? We all, and I think kind of that's kind of a universal human trait. We all. We, we, we want to get around the rules. That's the problem with that. And you know those Old Testament guys? 
It's just we're all wired pretty much the same. And, and that's what brought about all these rules and regs about Sabbath because they said, you shall not work. Well, that's not work, okay? Well, well, well that is work. Well, that's not work, you know? And all these rules and regs, I think. And or they who get, is my neighbor? Yeah. And they get, I mean, one of the rules I heard was you can't wear sandals made with tacks because the weight of the tack is, makes the sandals too heavy and that's considered, and you're going, who? Well, because some guys over the years had to say, that's where it got crazy because of these trying to get around the rules. There you go. So Jesus flips all this around. In order, and he says it's not about what we can't do. It's not about rules, regulations, restrictions. He tells us what we are to do. It's, uh, and there's no limit to what we are to do. You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love your neighbor. That's what we are to do. You know, loving your neighbor, who wants to hurt ourselves? So we're not supposed, you know, why would we hurt our neighbor? So it's so important. It's not rules and regs, but it's about relationship. What is it about? What is it about? Relationship. Wow, that was kind of lame. <laughs> you shall it? say it with more energy. You shall say it. <laughs> so what is it about? Amen. It is about relationship. It's about the relationship that we have with God and with each other. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's tougher than, than, the, than the shall nots. Because you give love God with all you've got. Well, how much is that? Well, it's all you've got. Oh, man. Well, everything. Or that. Yeah, it's everything. And so the thing is, it's not really, we probably misnamed this a little bit today. It's not really religion versus relationship so much as it is not allowing the rules and regulations of religion to get in the way of our relationship with God and with one another. As we said, religion is not a bad thing as long as it is pointing us in the direction of what Jesus said was important. It's when it gets in the way that we have the problem. So here at Connection Community Church, we don't always do things the way other churches do them. Really? And especially other Methodist churches. So our purpose here isn't to be different just for the sake of being different or to be rule breakers, although we have been accused of that, <laughs> um, but it's to establish relationships with people. People who are far from God, people who are skeptical about Jesus, people who are skeptical about the church, people who, you know, think, oh, that church is a bunch of hypocrites. Well, we're all messed up, aren't we? And that's why so we're, we're here. All here. That's why we're here together. And our mission is very simple. Say it with me. Connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers. Connecting people is, you know, looking at we exist so that people out there come in, and it doesn't need to be a church. It can be at your work and your witness and all that kind of stuff. They can understand that a relationship with Jesus is the best decision that they make, that we've made in our lives, and the life he offers is living that life out as a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ. So here, our format's a little more relaxed because we're concerned. You know, when we say, I'm reading from Leviticus, 
we need, you've heard us say it's the beginning of the Bible, the Old Testament, people don't know who are far from God. We don't use a lot of religious symbols because that could, they're important. We love the religious symbols, but we're trying to remove barriers. We have all the robes, we have all the stoles, but we've chosen to not wear them so that you know we're just like everybody else. Now I have to tell you something today. My friend told me that I have two looks. <laughs> I, I wonder who said it. <laughs> I wonder who said that. Last week I had on <laughs> pants and boots and, you know, looking one way. She said, like, my hip way. <laughs> Today I look like a conservative, conservative grandma. <laughs> well, I am a grandma. I am a bit conservative. <laughs> that's okay. But that's even funny because I, that's really not the look I'm going for totally. So anyway... <laughs> Next, watch out next week. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so here. So if you say, how do I look? I probably next week shouldn't say conservative no, I'm grandma. I'm going to have you come dress me for next <laughs> weekend. So anyway. But here at Connection, we sing more popular contemporary Christian songs. We take the hymns, give a contemporary scent, because that's who we are. The pipe organs and the hymns, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But there are plenty of churches who do that well. Right. This is who we are. Our focus is relationships, and um, we follow rules and regulations, but relationships are most important. And you know, not every church is for everybody. You know, some people right. have come, and we're not, and some people, that robe is important, the symbol. It's a very strong and powerful symbol if they've been in church. They say, I, I need the robe. Uh, then you probably, no offense, need another church, because that's not how we do business. Or... I really need to hear the hymns. Well, we try to do contemporary music that incorporates some hymns, but if you want the old-time religion hymns, this probably isn't the place for and that's okay, because who we're trying to reach is the person that is gonna connect with how we do this. It's not a right or wrong, it's just how, because we find that's how we can relate best to who we're trying to reach here. Um, so here's the question of the day, because we always have to have a question of the day, amen? Amen. So the question for today is, what about you? What about you? Are, are you focused on the rules and regulations and rituals? Or are you focused on the relationships in your life? Relationship with God? Relationship with those around you? We're not saying you shouldn't have rules, regs, and rituals. But what we're saying is, are they... Uh, helping you or are they getting in your way of the important relationships in your life most important question for today is what about your relationship with Jesus Christ what's that look like um, maybe you say well I really don't have one well consider this maybe today is the day to stop saying no to that relationship and to open yourself up to that possibility. It's, it's fairly simple, if, if that's the point where you're at. You just have to recognize, which we all need to recognize, that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. None of us can save ourselves. 
and the one we know that can save us is Jesus Christ. So maybe your prayer today would be, Gee, uh, Lord, I, I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, can't save myself. Please be a part of my life. I'm not sure what that even looks like yet, but I'm open to what that means. It's a pretty simple prayer. You can say it from your seat. You can say it from the steps. Actually, we've got about 27 people back corner there that would love to pray with you. It's just kind of walk you through that prayer. Just Basically, it's a, here I am, Lord. I need you in my life. Maybe you've said, already done that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you've got, maybe you're walking with Jesus already. And the question that you have for you is, so how's that working for you? How's that relationship going? And is it truly a relationship? Think about the relationships in your life, the people-people relationship. Is it truly a relationship? There's kind of a give and a take. There's kind of a talk and a listen. There's a kind of sharing getting to know that other person better, but also allowing that other person kind of into some of your vulnerable spaces. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Open it up a little bit. That's what a relationship with Jesus looks like, kind of a give and take, kind of a talk and a listen, trying to get to know him a little bit. How would you get to know him better? Read the scripture, pray, talk to other Christ followers, get in a small group. All the things we always say. doesn't change. But also in your prayer, open up. I mean, he already knows what's going on, but it's important to share that out of your own heart. Um, give it some thought. Give some prayer where your relationship, if it's non-existent, get it started. If it's rolling but it's not what it could be, try to, try to deepen that relationship, as we, as we just said, through those means. Here's, here's the real question. If you claim to be a Christian, you know, Christian comes the word Christ, as Carrie said earlier, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, Christian means Christ follower, Jesus follower. If you truly claim to be a Christian, is that a religion, which means you're following all the rules, regulations, and rituals, or is it a relationship with the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ? Is it truly a relationship? Jesus wants it to be a relationship. How about you? How about you? Holy God. <laughs> wow, G Jesus seemed like he was a rule breaker. A, seemed like he wanted to overturn all those rules, but he said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. He, he was the ultimate expression of the law. He was the law to the nth degree as we're supposed to give you everything we got and love our neighbors as ourselves. Can, Lord, please help each of us here today realize that in our lives. Help each of us to be in relationship with you, personal, deep personal relationship. If not already, now, take the first step. Please help those who are here who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus say, here I am, Lord. I need you in my life. For those of us who have said that, please help us to continue to daily say that and to look to what that means on a day-to-day -day basis, how we can get ever closer to you, Lord. How we can open up even those deep recesses of our soul to what you and to what you bring. Most holy Lord, we ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Say with the power of your Holy Spirit, all those gathered here this morning said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.com 
www.facebook.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectionscc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.